0: Hello and welcome back. A very, very warm welcome to anybody who's new. Welcome to the TTC Life Raft. It's episode four. How are you? That's a weird question when I'm sitting here by myself. Um, This is very much literally just me sitting here by myself at home. Um, There are no fancy studios here. So I actually really do want to know how you are. And I can't tell you how wonderful it is when I get messages and comments and I see shares and emails and DMs on Instagram and tweet letting me know that you are finding this podcast that you are listening and that it is it is helping you or it has given you something to hang on to while you go through this incredibly difficult time and also from people who are supporting anybody going through this it's really amazing that people who aren't even experiencing fertility struggles themselves are actually listening and gaining something useful so how are you let me know drop me an email alicerosecreative at gmail.com find me on instagram facebook or twitter all with the handle This is Alice Rose, or just go to my website and subscribe there, which is thisisalicerose.com. The more that I hear from you, the more that I know what's helpful, the more that I can understand what I can provide through this podcast that really, really makes a difference, um, the better I can make it and the more we can actually work together to have something really useful and really uplifting and empowering for you to listen to. It's been An interesting start to the week. Yesterday was the culmination of Baby Loss Awareness Week, and we had the International Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Day, culminating in the beautiful wave of light. And I lit my candle, and I had a moment of scrolling through all of the pictures of these flickering lights on my Instagram feed, um, and feeling this overwhelming sense of community and support um, and also uh, just a just a depth of sadness and um, empathy, I suppose, for all of those candles and what each of those candles meant um, and represented. Um, but at the same time, we heard somehow Kensington Palace thought that that day was a good day to announce that Prince Harry and the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, are expecting a baby. Um, Now, what to say about this? (laughs) I'm laughing because it's, it's just incredible that there's still this enormous lack of awareness Um, and it's a real shame that the media people at Kensington Palace didn't have a clue about this day and therefore I suppose we can't say it's anybody's fault because they clearly didn't know and if they did know then we need to have some serious words but uh, I'm assuming that nobody knew. Um, So the fact that they didn't know says to me that we need to keep talking we need to keep campaigning we need to keep raising awareness and of course that brings me back to my campaign uh think what not to say and I mean what better example of what not to say than to tell someone you're having a baby on a day when they're honoring their own lost children um this is an incredibly difficult topic To cover and even uh, you know I am I put on my Instagram that I do question whether I have the right to talk about this having not experienced loss myself but I am absolutely convinced that it's the responsibility of all of us to raise awareness and to acknowledge that baby loss happens and acknowledge that We need to support anybody who is going through it and stop being so scared of saying the wrong thing and just be there. And that includes understanding and educating ourselves about what not to say. And that absolutely includes how to support someone going through the fertility issue too. Um, So Kensington Palace, if you're listening... (laughs) unlikely Um, but if you are uh, just a little bit more awareness please Um, and a little bit more respect a little bit more empathy and compassion you know this is what TWNTS think what not to say uh, is really about Um, don't tell people you're having a baby on the day when they are mourning the loss of their own Um, And I heard that actually they told family on the day of Princess Eugenie's wedding, which actually, again, is a bit of a (laughs) no-no. You know, there's a time and a place. Pregnancy announcements are really, really difficult for a lot of people to handle. And, of course, that's not to say that there's anything wrong with announcing the very, very happy news that there is a baby coming and, you know how much we all want that for ourselves, of course. Um, But that lack of awareness, that lack of respect and empathy has got to change. So um, if anyone didn't see the blog that I wrote about this, and they do want to look at ways that you can cope when you're dealing with pregnancy announcements um it's the five ways to cope with the royal baby news if you're battling with fertility and you can find it on my website uh, or my instagram it kind of blew up and (laughs) got the most response that i've ever had to any post that i've shared so i think that says to me there's a huge need to support people on a day that was really meant for them. And it it really wasn't actually the day to announce that. So moving through to the heart of this episode, and I'm really looking forward to introducing you to my guests. There are two guests today Sophie and Johnny and they are a wonderful wonderful couple who I met originally about a year ago now um, when I interviewed them after I heard their amazing series for Radio 4, Our Fertility Journey. Sophie is a BBC reporter She and her husband, Johnny Baker, have been through six rounds of IVF, which haven't been successful. Our fertility journey follows the couple as they meet people who have found alternative ways to have a child. This is now about to be released in an extensive form as a podcast called The Long Road to Baby, which... Personally, I can't wait to hear it, so I'm really, really looking forward to listening to Sophie and Johnny's work on that. Um, The Radio 4 series, which I found, as I say, about a year ago, really moved me to tears, actually. Um, Just the most beautiful and intimate piece of work. Do go and have a listen if you haven't already. So moving, so powerful, so important, and I really, really wanted to speak to both of them together not just Sophie, because I really was interested in how they had found their way through this Experience as a couple um, and I really want to raise more awareness of the fact that it's not just women going through this and how do we get through things with our relationships. So we met at Sophie and Johnny's lovely house on a very hot summer's day um, a few months ago now when we were having an incredibly warm summer here in the UK and we had a really brilliant chat. So without further ado, here it is. Thank you first of all for having me in your lovely home today. It's an absolute um, pleasure. For my Earl Grey tea and my lovely cold water with lemon, which was great chat. <laughs> great oh, yeah. chat.
1: I don't know if you know this, but we're actually secretly very posh. Mm. <laughs>
0: I, I did. I did get that. We from just cover me. it up with our absence. <laughs> don't know about that. So I think I really wanted to talk to you guys because. You did something quite extraordinary with something that was really crap. And this podcast is about talking to people who are owning their lives, whatever's happening in their life. It's about finding a way to own that circumstance. So what you guys did with your Radio 4 work was extraordinary. I I think that is probably the best word to describe it. Oh,
1: thank you. That's really... No, it means an awful lot for you to say that because... I think you can do something in life and it be a really big project and then you can get through it and it get done and you don't always stop and think about
0: actually what you achieved. So thank you. Well, thank you because (laughs) (laughs) the reason why it was extraordinary was because nobody had done it before and nobody was doing that. And what you've done is open up a door for so many other people to be able to start going... They're talking about it publicly, so publicly, on Radio 4, one of the biggest platforms that you could use. Maybe I can tell, my friend. Maybe I can tell my mum. So how do you feel now about that decision to do that? Really, really positive, don't we, Johnny?
2: Yeah, I I think at the start I was quite blase about it, because I work on Radio 4, the other side of the glass, and just thought, yeah, it's fine, I hear lots of things going on all the time, and I was like, yeah, you should do this, you should do that, and I don't think I ever... Thought, as you say, how big it was. And as you say, nobody else had done it before. And I think we realized why nobody else had done it before because it is, you know, opening yourself up to a, you know, in a topic that's, you know, has some stigma behind it, but to millions of people. And you're going to get response. You know, it's not like you're just putting it out there and it's fine. You can sit back and it's okay. You get so much feedback. I mean, afterwards, I felt really proud of it, you know, personally, not just of what we'd done and how we'd looked into everything but what Sophie had done to really find it in herself to speak about it I mean I was I don't know I was a bit on the side to be honest and I always en- always encouraging you but to to, to do what you've done and open up your heart in a on a topic that is really deep and really and raw still very raw it wasn't like it was 10 years ago it was there you know we were going through it
1: it's still here um at the time I'm not going to sit and say that it was a bed of roses I think when that first piece went out and actually the subsequent pieces um I had a sign I think I met you in fact at that point I just was having a mini meltdown over the whole thing it was nerve-wracking scary um I was getting contacted by people left right and centre I had friends that didn't know that were in touch friends that did know that were in touch um people that knew us and wanted to reach out people that had never met us before and wanted to reach out and it was coming at us and I felt like I'd gone from wearing a big woolly coat in the winter to stripping completely naked and running through the, the through the high street that's that was the that was essentially how I felt for a few months actually but as time went on and especially now that we're what six months past the last episode I just feel every day I just feel more
0: and more pleased that I did it and we did it and I think there's something about I'm hearing a lot about vulnerability at the moment and how we feel about being vulnerable and what it means when we do allow ourselves to be vulnerable and I feel very much that I've experienced that as well through what we're doing and what I'm doing on Instagram and, and through this podcast and being open to vulnerability would you say that's something that you experience vulnerability absolutely and because I'm
1: a reporter by trade, right? I don't talk about myself, though. I've only ever spoken about others and their vulnerabilities. I didn't put as much emphasis on how I would feel being vulnerable, feeling vulnerable. And actually, it was it was really testing and hard. But I think that it was a brilliant thing that we pushed ourselves to do. And Johnny's so modest and says he wasn't even a part of it. But I just think that, and you will agree, Alice, that as a man who quite frankly doesn't talk about his feelings and emotions to you know, anyone other than me usually, went out there and told the whole of the nation how he was feeling to be a man going through this mm.
0: and how hard that is for a man and it just, it's just brilliant. So brilliant, and it's the reason why I really wanted to speak to you together because yeah. it's not just women who are going through
1: this. It it's, wasn't just me, and it, it was mm. you. And I agree that you should have spoken to him as well.
2: And mm. I think everyone is vulnerable at a point in their life, but nobody wants to show it. Mm. And it was when you know we got the letters of response and people going, "I'm in the same boat. I now feel like I'm not alone." And you think, "Wow, you know, every, lots of people go through their own difficult times, but nobody's all this. You know, the sheen on the top mm. that everyone, everything's fine." But underneath it's there's, there's problems and I think it certainly ha- those those messages helped us, encouraged us to continue and, and to, to speak more about it. But you know, I like to think it helped other people as well, and especially men who don't don't talk about it. That has definitely come on in the last couple of years, you know, just in groups or men just chatting about stuff. And it's you know, not just about necessarily facility, but about how they feel, their emotions. And that's a good thing.
0: And I think that actually, ironically, the more vulnerable you are, the stronger you then become because you're able to grow from that experience of being vulnerable and people can then grow from the strength that you have found through sharing your experience. So weirdly, opening yourself up and being vulnerable is going to make you stronger eventually, even though you might experience that difficult part of yeah. that, oh my God, I'm now naked part. Yeah, and and look,
1: I'm not saying that, we're any further forward, actually, when it comes to what we're doing with our lives in terms of a family. Um, but what I do feel is a lot more positive than I did five years ago when I was silent and it took for us to go properly out there. And expose ourselves, I guess, in the, in, in, in the, uh, not in the, in the bad way, not in the like, illegal way. <laughs> um, and anyway, you can cut that if you want. Um, yeah. And so essentially, yeah, to go through that and now be here and feel more strong as a person individually and mm. as a couple, mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is,
0: I think it's much, I think it's good to talk, isn't it? Mm, Of course. And I think it's also really important to say that if you don't feel like you can share or you don't want to open up, that is fine too. Completely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a way for a lot of people to find connection and support. So we were talking a little bit about, on the way over here in the car, Sophie about a course that you have done yeah, recently. Have. And I'd really love to hear more about that because a lot of the things you were talking about really chime with the things that I am saying as well. So yeah. tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's a secret. We've we've always said that, that Johnny and I have always seeked um, external advice when it comes to mental health. You know, if we've ever needed to talk as a couple in the past, we've gone to see fertility counsellors. I've seen a counsellor privately as well, um, still do. And I just felt like um, I needed to find a different way of coping with certain emotions that seem to have gathered up since the whole, I can't have a baby thing, you know, just, I don't want to feel, you know, we might decide we won't have, we don't have children, we might decide that we do, but it will be in a different way. But whatever we decide, I don't want to then forever be jealous of pregnancy or, um tiny babies that came so naturally and easily to others and you know it was just parts of me that I wanted to sort of build on and I'd heard of these people. Um it's called broadband consciousness this course. And um Liz and Richard they're there are a couple of people that have basically built their whole relationships really on the idea that you don't have to own these ugly feelings. You know, um we're essentially born perfectly you know when you are born as a baby you haven't got any preconceptions you haven't got any kind of hang-ups you're just a baby but every single day for the rest of your life you're sort of handed this piece of paper that they would call the script so you're like a an actor if you like in this dark world of of bad feeling and it's it's essentially it's your family's it's your family script pages you could go to school and there's a, a couple of pages given there you you find some friends they give you some pages and it's all these horrible feelings that you kind of own but you don't own and you don't have to own them do you know what I mean Mm. you know this book that you you have of all these ugly thoughts and feelings you can separate them Mm -hmm. and think to yourself when you hold your hand on your heart do I want to feel like this do I want to feel jealous and angry and bitter and upset that I couldn't have kids and you know annoyed because I'm not going to you know have that in my life or whatever whatever it is and just remove them from you and say that's not how I
0: want to feel actually I want to feel positive, and I want to feel happy for people. And and that gives so much clarity to your thought, doesn't it? Because if you can separate yourself from the thought that you're having, then you suddenly have that freedom to go, oh, I can actually breathe, because I am not my jealousy. I am, exactly. I am not jealous, I am feeling jealousy. And actually... For me, I, I the way I describe it is that you do own those feelings but it's a positive thing because you can say, that is my feeling and that is fine and it's over there and I, I'm going to own that and that's okay that I feel like that but I am not that feeling, I am not in that feeling. We are definitely not those feelings,
1: you know, I was not born a jealous individual that was angry with the world and upset with women that could have kids, that is not me, mm-hmm. I'm just, that is just not me because... I, I'm full of love and I love children and I love people. And if that's who I am, then that's what I want to be, you know? And that's a choice. It really is a choice. And it sounds so simplistic. And God, don't get me wrong. I didn't come back from this course and everybody go, oh, you know, you know, I by the way, I hate you. And me feel like, don't worry, I'm fine. I'm I'm really happy in my feelings. Like, you, you are a mm. human, but it's just that idea that you have a choice mm. and that I, you can sit. And, and I'm sure we've spoken about mindfulness and technique and stuff. But if you just hold your heart and just think, what do I want to feel and how do I feel about this? And, and just what's important, you know? I mean, it sounds really cliche, but how lucky are we that we're alive today chatting? Tomorrow, we might not be. You just have no idea when it's all going to go. And do we really want to do we really wanna waste the little time we have feeling
0: negative? Can I ask what you're, from a man's perspective... How do you feel about that kind of way of looking Yeah, well, at what, it? Are about, what are we talking about, Joel? What are we talking
2: about? I think I've always sort of got it because you can't choose or stop how people are, other people are, and how they will affect your life. And you can't choose the bad situations you get into, you know, sometimes. And it's more about, you know, on in, in this course at Sophie Werner, it's more about how you deal with those situations, how you deal with other people. You can't stop all these external influences but it's how you deal with that. And I've always been quite good at going, okay, this is how it is. What can we make a take from it and try and make it better if we can? Or how do we either avoid the situation or do something that isn't making us constantly sad? I've sort of always been able to put these things, especially with our situation and the bad feelings, in a box somewhere else in the back of my head and gone, I'll perhaps come back to that and deal with that later on, but at the moment I need to focus on something else. And I, I don't know, sometimes I just don't care as, like Sophie's so caring and and, and wants to, I don't know, you know, it's the thing where you want to please other people, don't you? And I'm a bit like, well, you know, I need to to take care, I think I'm, I'm, I've always been a bit more, I'm going to take (laughs) care of of myself and it's a little bit selfish, but in this world you have to be selfish and it's sometimes a sort of self-preservation type, I'm going to concentrate on this because I can't worry about that. Absolutely,
0: and I think you're, you're actually taking the words out of my mouth and last night I hosted my first event and I talked a lot about putting yourself first and it's actually the opposite of selfishness because mm-hmm. it's the best thing that you can do for people around you so it's really a f- different way of thinking mm. um, but it's really interesting talking to you actually Johnny because using that kind of and I really don't want to gender stereotype here but <laughs> you know female male brains do often work differently and maybe there's something really useful in the way that your brain works in terms of being able to separate Different, different feelings and different experiences, and understanding that you are not that experience, and perhaps for women it is a bit more difficult to do that. And uh, I mean, look, I
1: couldn't act like Johnny does most of the time. I mean, he, he really, honestly does just say the most important people in my life are you and the and the cat. Like that is that is it. That's all you care about, isn't it? Really? Well, that's
2: yeah. What's important at the moment. It's need to what I need to look after.
1: And anyone else and what they think and how they feel and and it they just it just washes over him obviously he's got his well you you know you have got other people in your life it's not just us but but essentially when we we're in our little house and the door is closed that's all really what Johnny cares about whereas I have the, the worst habit in the world that I bring everyone else's crap into the house with it and it's all in my mind sometimes we could be sitting together and I would just be thinking about a million other things while we're enjoying some time together, which is rare because we work different shifts. And it's about remembering actually why you got married and and the reason why you have this house and you have this life is if we continue to concentrate on how important it is for us to have a baby and that the only way we'll be happy is if we have our own biological child naturally and that never happens for us, then that could potentially ruin us. And I think that it's really important and key to remember why you met why you're together and why you were happy before all of that and that goes for anything doesn't remember it remember
2: the things that do make you happy because if you lose all of them what is the point you know there are things that you know make us happy you know we we have a, a great life apart from this one hole that we're trying to you know always trying to achieve to fill so it's not forgetting all of that and it's not saying that the way I deal with things, I you know I don't hurt, I don't get upset, I don't get angry. Sometimes, you know, I really have been through all those emotions. Mm. I've got, and I say I'm putting them in a box somewhere, I've got a stack of boxes yeah. that are these emotions for all these different things. And it just gives me the chance to visit them when I feel strong enough to, to go and, and open the box and go, right, I need to deal with this. Clear it out, declutter it, and then I can get rid of that box but they're all there stacked in the corner and that's where they're going to stay for the time being.
0: <laughs> I really love that an- analogy actually of using the box because that is what we need to do is to accept those feelings. So they're there, you know they're there, that's okay. We will have those feelings and they're there they're over there. As long as they don't stay over there and you do get that box and you do have a good old declutter every now and then and you actually get rid of them or not, not even get rid of them, but again, just accept them and understand that that's part of you, then I think that's a really, really useful tool to use to visualize isn't it yeah.
1: whereas for me those boxes are ripped open no lids they're like, they're everywhere. Just literally <laughs> just, you know the, the the disorganization of these boxes and they just constantly just in my face <laughs> 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 sorry that was my i needed to work out how to do what johnny does essentially and that was basically do what he's saying like just organize your boxes Go push away. The get <laughs> those mark. boxes sorted out but Clear it's the thing
2: I'd, I'd much, like, we'd both much rather do something that we enjoy rather than constantly wading through these boxes so if they're as you say sort of put somewhere you can go right I know they're there mm. but I don't want mm. to deal with that now I want to do something I enjoy and you can because you're not then wading through everything to try and get to something you enjoy
0: and again it's about creating that space in your mind so if you're tidy up there and your boxes are sorted out then you have that space which isn't easy
2: to do they open themselves sometimes Mm. and you'll be like i didn't want to worry about that but i'm sort of i have to now and and that's why i mean i still get anxious on the little things sometimes and i'll be like why am i getting anxious and it'll be because actually there's a greater reason and it's just manifesting in other little things
1: really importantly i think that the other thing to remember is to you have to honor how you deal with things and deal with things as you do as a person johnny may do that with the boxes I know for a fact those boxes will not be cleared and tidied unless I... For example, if there's somebody that I'm upset with or they've upset me or there's a misunderstanding, for me to try and put a box in the corner with that person in it isn't going to work because that would just make that box bigger and bigger. So while Johnny could do that, personally, I've realised that the best thing to do is nip it in the bud and move on. If there's something happening that you, you need to sort out... Do it in the speediest way possible and the most effective way possible, you know, and not by text. I feel like the written word of text has ruined my life, actually. And if I could throw my phone in the bin, I would, but I need it for work and stuff. So, so, you know, we all need phones now. But just to pick up that phone and go, hi, can I just clear up X, Y and Z with you? And it'd be done.
0: And that comes from the feeling of, of... Strength, I think, I think, when you're feeling it is scary, but if you're connected to your own core and your own sort of feeling of contentment, exactly, then you are able to make empowered decisions about how you deal with something that is not going well with a friend or a family member, and you can think, How am I going to deal with this?
1: Let's take fertility for an example, really misunderstood. It, if you've had a baby successfully, naturally easily I think sometimes it's very difficult to understand the emotions behind not being able to in those circumstances there can be a lot of miscommunications and I think that it's the the most simple way to deal with it is just to be constantly honest and explanatory if you Mm. can just say educate discuss I think that really does help Um, I don't think that taking those feelings to heart and going home and you know, how many how many of us have been asked, not just, have you got a family, but when are you going to start one? The hardest question in the world to answer. And to be able to just say, do you know, well, that's really hard for some people, or you really shouldn't ask that, or, you know... In the future, I think that it's important that you don't I just just something other than just going home and crying about that. In a stronger place it's easier to communicate those kind of things. Exactly. And that's
0: why it always starts with you. That however you deal with any life experience starts with you and it starts with how you are looking after yourself and how you work out the ways. And it's interesting you're saying about how your how how your boxes are all over the place, yours are nice and tidy, but you have to find the way that works for you. I'm really interested in this taking ownership thing because it trickles down into everything that we do and every, every choice that we make. And we were talking about choices earlier. What does taking ownership mean to you?
2: I think with the sort of IVF process, it does become, it does, as much as you might not want it to, it does become your life. It becomes part of your life. If you had you know, any other illness or any other situation going on, obviously it becomes sort of you. So it's all not hiding behind it. And I think it was where the series really helped us, not initially perhaps, but you know, th- th- further on, was that this is what we have to go through. And it, maybe initially we were a bit ashamed to admit it, because it's not a nice, nice thing to have to go through, but it was good for us to talk and then own it. And I like to think that not only did it help us, but by owning it, we were able to help other people and help them go, oh yeah, this is me as well. And I'm glad somebody else is saying, because now I can own my situation. But also, you know, friends, family members saying, yeah, my child or my sister or my brother. And, you know, the feedback we got was about actually from other people as well. From, my, you know, people saying my daughter goes through this and I never understood it. Um, A guy at work said, oh, my sister's been going through this and I didn't really understand. But now I understand and I'm going to talk to her about it because she didn't really, you know, talk about it. And it's about it being part of of you
1: and I, th- I think it's important to say that you know we're extremists we're not you know the norm that you're going to just all of a sudden come out and say everyone I can't have children naturally that is just not realistic some people will want to keep this to themselves and that's 100% fine but it's about owning it inside yourself I think um and it was something that I found very very hard to do because the problem is on my side um lack of egg reserve uh, endometriosis has made it all very very difficult and I've spoken about massive amounts of guilt in the past um, hating myself for not being able to do the one thing that I should be able to do as a woman Um, and it's about sort of taking stock and saying you know what I'm not well it's actually an illness, if I had cancer if I had uh, some hideous skin disease, you know if there was some kind of problem, I didn't have a foot I don't know, anything like that (laughs) If I, you know, it's it, it you it is it is you it is a part of you, and it's not the best part of you. In fact, it's the worst part of you. You hate it. You you know you, I don't want to be invertile essentially, but you know I am, and well, it's a horrible word. I do have a female condition that stops me from having kids, and that is just what the, the facts are. But like
2: all those other illnesses, some people will tell people, and some people won't, and that's you know it's up to that person to tell people what they want as well as you say you know if you want to talk about it do and if you don't you don't have to there's no nobody's forcing you to talk about it
0: and I think yeah what you were saying about actually whether or not you share it publicly is almost irrelevant because Because it's it's about owning it inside of you so if you are able to do that then you are going to be able to find a way through it I hope so
2: and sometimes it helps people to tell it helps that some you know you People tell their friends and families so that they understand what they're going through. So if they're having a bad day and they can't go to something or they're just, you know, off or they're really upset about what someone said, at least they can go, OK, I understand it, rather than go, what's their problem? You know, so it works for both, really. It works, you know, both ways. Some people I've, I've met haven't told anybody that they've been through.
1: And I, I met a person recently that said that they told their parents um, and their parents just couldn't support them through it because they just didn't have the means they just did they just I just can't deal with this they said and that was that and you know you sometimes it's not as easy as just telling friends and family because actually that can in in itself change your relationships and that's really hard and that's not that's not cool you know nobody is saying that that's cool but you can't force people to support you you can't force people to understand what you're going through or empathize or any of that um And that's where I go back to, as I always do, and that is the counselling line. You know, if there's no one else out there to get what you're going through and you're struggling, counselling, counselling, counselling. I mean, Mm. Fertility Network, we just have to say they offer a free counselling service there that you can call. And the lady, Diana, I think her name is, is absolutely brilliant. Um, And and many other places, you know, just so important.
2: And this isn't just for women. Men can the network more now than they ever have been and, and where there was no groups before that they could you know get their feelings out even if you just have a rant about how bad the situation is there are now you know there's some fantastic facebook group and and sometimes you just say hi i'm new this is my situation and just sometimes reading it helps you don't well, necessarily have to be involved
1: the Instagram. Um what community that's mm. it
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Alice how
1: how so how weakness how we met and
0: mm.
1: they're trying to conceive um yeah community
0: on Instagram is second to none I mean that's, that and, and for me that's the side of taking ownership is seeking support you know and going do you know what I need some help and finding where that help is and if it's not within your family because they are not going to understand it then you go and you look for it elsewhere because it is there and there are so many people who do understand. What's the first
1: thing you do when you get pregnant? You join a antenatal class. Why do you do that? Because you want people going through things that you're going through and that understand you. Because while so many people have had babies in the world, nobody really gets the baby that you're having at that point that someone else is having at the same time. And you can find those people. And that's the point. You know, we found a whole load of people through various means, be it online groups, be it Instagram, be it Facebook, be it counselling or groups that you can join, so much support out there that people, that with people that are going through what you're going through, really, really good, we're sitting here in a better place today, Uh, maybe tomorrow I won't be, I hope I'll feel okay again, but the point I'm making is that we're very positive at the moment, talking very positively and there'll be a lot of people listening to this that will be in the hole that we came out of recently, and I'll might go in it again. So who knows? Um, and I don't want people to feel like you know they've failed in not being able to see what we're talking about and and the and the light at the end of the tunnel. Because sometimes you just can't. And they're
0: the people I worry about. And that is really important to say, and really important to get that message out too. Is that if you are not in this space now, you have not failed. You are enough. Whatever you're doing right now, you are doing what you can do and that is fine and this is a really hard line when we're talking about this kind of stuff because it's all the things which are going to help hopefully but it it has to come when you're ready to hear it I think. I
1: think another important tip if we're talking about mental health and feeling better is and I'm a sucker for doing this I make to-do lists regularly that say do this, 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 and Johnny looks at the list and says that is completely unachievable. What's going to happen when you write that to do list for Friday with eight things on and only three things get done? You're not going to feel happy the three things got done. You're going to feel upset that the other five didn't. And I think that when it comes to trying to feel happy again, it's about finding the happiness in the tiny things, not the thing like I'll be happy when I have a baby those things are way too high you will feel like you fell from a great height if you only focus on those things making you happy I think it's the things like if I'm honest oh my goodness my garden hasn't been scorched in the in the sun we've got green grass I'm so happy feeling those things oh my little pussy cat has literally just come over and licked my face because she loves me so much you know Oh, wow, you know, I've just had a really big poo and I was constipated last week. (laughs) And actually, this is a brilliant achievement because actually, I really hated being constipated and today I'm not. It's those things. I've got insomnia, but last night I slept for three hours. If you can find the smaller things, the happiness in smaller things, I really think that's where the basis of happiness will start. And it's about those little things, remembering those things.
0: Write them down. Make a little happiness list. I couldn't agree more. I I talk about this a lot. It's gratitude, right? It's looking for things to be grateful for. And it's writing them down is a really powerful way of... of securing that, that feeling reminding yourself yeah and i using, and using my hashtag online is ttc look for beauty and that's a gratitude hashtag so whenever i'm grateful for anything that's what i do and i share that because it's all about looking for those small things
1: even going to tesco for the food shop who the hell wants to do that but of late i have been excited about it because they've got a really great home section and I'm like, well, if I get there, and they've got a, and they've got a Costa up there, and they've got a, some cards as well. So once I've done the food bit, I can go and like treat myself to like little things in the in the better parts of Tesco. <laughs> just the, and if just that's that. treating
2: yourself, you're not setting the goal too high, you know. As well, so you're getting little achievements. Like we all have good days and bad days. You might have a good month and then a bad month. When you're in the bad times, you know the the deepest and darkest of holes, like we've been in. You just have to get through that. You just have to almost, you know, just get through that. Do something then, that
1: makes you feel happy. In the good
2: times, you can e- enjoy it and put these little plans together and, and almost go a little way to improving yourself so you don't get into those perhaps dark, deepest, darkest yeah. holes again, you know. But also... Would make hay while the sun shines sort of thing.
1: But, but remember what made the sunshine you know if you've discovered you really enjoy cross stitch i'm literally so embarrassing Look, i
0: actually have i'm taking off chin. my
1: cross stitch oh, my, gosh, so Look at this. oh, oh my god that's doll. the sweetest i've just <laughs> literally i have <laughs> sewed my my friend's son a little dog that uh, is that amazing. is what i love i'm i'm a hundred years old cross stitcher <laughs> um, finding
2: something you're you enjoy know, and you just doing that little thing oh i finished that that's really good you've almost created a little achievement for yourself and made yourself feel good about something
1: um or it might be a TV show that you like,
0: or
2: yeah.
1: oh my god, definitely you, it can be or... Love Island. I loved it. <laughs> I'm so embarrassing. I loved it. Me too. It. You know, it's, it's gone. obsessed. Bad. I know. But we've got our lives back.
0: And <laughs> our lives back. What <laughs> we need. I did feel highly, relieved.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I am
0: I've very great. I'm my day back. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Is there anything else you guys want to add at this juncture?
1: I just want people to take from this the bits that they can take and accept at the moment and don't beat yourself up if you're still in a bad place with the whole baby thing um but do me one favor and just if you haven't got anybody else just look for some support I just think the support thing is just key and crucial and it's what's got us through all this and I know it has you so please just reach out if you're feeling really lonely and and upset is all I want people to hear really
2: and this is for, and that's sort of for men too. You know, if you, you 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 know you're in the hard place as well, you might be upset, angry, whatever, wherever you are, and it's hard to reach out sometimes. Um, but instead of, you know, making it harder for you and your partner as a couple, rant at someone else. There'll be men out there who've been through it who will take the rant and go, yeah, this is really hard. We're with you. This, this is the hardest thing ever, and there is that support, and that will initially go, oh, good, you know, I. I i know i'm in a bad place and, and i can get through it but also it m- stops you you know taking it out on your partner um and just yeah look for that support and own the situation it's tough don't ex- you know you there's going to be times when you find find it really hard and that's okay it's okay to be sad it's okay to be angry um don't take it out on yourself
0: amazing thank you so much guys I'm gonna actually have a drink of my nice water with the lemon. Good in for that you. There you go. <laughs> really, really, like, cheers to you. you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. What an amazing couple! What an amazing conversation I was lucky enough to have with them both. Um, so thank you so much to Sophie and Johnny for having me and for chatting with me. This week's life raft tool I think is understanding that support is okay and going to get it if you need it. Not everyone needs it. Not everyone gets on with it. But definitely for me, my NHS fertility counsellor was an absolute lifesaver at a point where I was not coping well and actually all I needed was someone who really got it and who really understood and who knew how to support me because nobody else I knew actually did at that point. And this was a few years ago now. The Instagram TTC community didn't exist. Um, I hadn't found any support that was really making me feel like I was handling things in the right way. I had one or two contacts through my sister's friends who had been through it, but that really was the only place that I was going to for any advice or support from the emotional side of things and how to make decisions and so actually my counselor was able to reassure me to help me work through the feelings that I was having and to get me into a much Better, more confidence place so that I was able to then do a lot more self care work personally. And there is absolutely no shame in needing some support. There is no way that going to have some counseling makes you weaker. It makes you stronger. So if you're sitting there going, oh, I don't know if I really need it, you know, I'm sure there are more worthy people than me that need it more than I do. Just try and let that go and if you feel like you need somebody to talk to I think Sophie's recommendation speaking to Fertility Network UK is brilliant because that's a fantastic place to start Um, for me I was referred to my NHS fertility counsellor through my fertility clinic Um, and that was quite a long route to getting the support that I needed at that point but there are quicker and faster ways to do that so go and check out Fertility Network UK speak to them and um, also have a look on my on my blog I've got a great a great interview that I did with a counselor called Vicky Parkin who is wonderful so and she gives some really useful strategies in that blog as well so do go and have a look at that that's on this so wishing you all so much uh, love for the week ahead thank you so much for being here again please please do go and rate review subscribe and share because the more people that hear this the more that we can get the word out. By engaging and communicating with me and with other people, we can start to change stuff. So tons of love to all of you and have a great week. Take care and I'll be back soon.